All wings, report in. C1, standing by. C2, standing by. C3, standing by. squadron we are your hosts i'm madison cavin call sign c2 and i'm jacob cavin call sign c1 and i'm gray cavin call sign c3 and we are here for our stellar third episode where we are going to be finishing off our thoughts on obi-wan kenobi the disney plus series and recently we just had a bunch of cdcc news come out and oh my gosh my brain is just blowing up at all of the marvel content that just got released not a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff, but I definitely know that we'll be doing an episode soon on all of the Marvel things that just came out. What we feel yeah, about definitely. the amount of stuff they just announced, how we feel about that awesome Black Panther trailer, which I think is going to be super fun, but we'll have to continue that in another episode because we're about to get down to Kenobi. This is not Marvel. This is Star Wars we're talking about in this episode. So... Without further ado, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. This podcast is rated S for spoilers. From this moment forward, all content is free game. So now sit back, relax, and let's get to it. Alright, so we're going to finish up with Kenobi episodes 5 and 6. And where we left off was basically uh, they just escaped from Vader's prison or the big thing in the water. Yes, exactly. With the fragile walls <laughs> that break mm-hmm. a lot. Um, Very fragile walls. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and they're on the transport. Uh, R.I.P. Wade. Um, Wade. He's a real one. Uh, and we did just figure out that Lola has the tracker on her that Reva put. Um, so that's pretty much where we are. And my yeah. first thought was when Reva told Vader that she had a tracker on them. That she was lying just so he wouldn't kill her. I don't know why I thought that. I just did. But, yeah. Yeah, so that's that, that was my first thought. Y'all got anything? Um, yeah, I think for me, I was kind of confused about how... how and I think we might have talked about this a little bit. So, like, stop me if I, we already did. But, like, how um, far ahead in the future was she thinking as far as, like... Like, she said that she was tracking them, and this was, like, all part of her plan, but, like, some of the stuff, like, she did, as far as, like, almost torturing Leia and stuff, doesn't really add up, like, why she would have done that if she thought Kenobi was gonna come get her in the first place. So, like, um, I- I was wondering, like, I guess this was sort of, like, a plan B, or even, like, plan C for her, because, like, I- I kind of, like, want to make it justify the fact that nobody realized that Obi-Wan was walking around in that big overcoat with, like, someone um, in in there with him. And, like, they're like, oh, that looks completely fine. Like, I kind of want to make that justify, but it almost seems like this wasn't something that she was, like, wholeheartedly planning on, but had, like, almost, like, just in case something happens. It's, like, also strange, and Maddie and I have talked about this, like, how 
the everyone's like, oh, this fortress in Quisitorius is like so impenetrable, like nobody does it. Yet a teenager not five years ago did it and he stole like the most important thing like they could have had. And also like the fact that the base is underground with water and they made it completely not blaster proof makes completely sen complete sense to me. But anyway, um, so yeah, th those were my thoughts about the end of like that, that episode. Um, Maddie, did you have anything else to add to that? Or do you want to go into episode five? Um, I mean, I don't think I have any more thoughts to share about episode four, just in terms of we covered a lot of it in the last episode. Mm -hmm. I think we didn't mention Lola at all in the last episode. So I think that was good for us to fill in yeah. in terms of what exactly Lola will be doing, like leading into episodes five and six. Well, I guess five most especially, because that's the point is that they put tracker on her. So now they're going to be hunting him down, which reminded me of A New Hope when they're on the Death Star and they fly off on the on the Millennium Falcon and they're like, I don't know, seems kind of sus that literally no TIE mm. fighters went after us. They had no idea what was going on and yet they still had to fly yeah. out anyways because why would you want to stay on the Death Star? But little did they know they were being tracked to go all the way to Yavin 4. So I think that's something similar and it seems like uh, Riva did that very much on a whim, I would say. Or at least she kept it all yeah. to herself because it didn't seem like anyone else knew. Especially Vader. Vader, the way... I have never seen him so angry before. Going down oh that gosh, hallway. gosh, that was my favorite I was thing. I, I was like, <gasps> Yeah, because he threw her in the air. And all the other Inquisitors are watching as he's literally storming down the hallway. I feel like he has never walked so fast ever in his life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in his life is well, Darth he Vader can't, he least. can't run, so he has to, like, speed walk, and, like, nobody wants to see Vader speed walk. That was terrifying. <laughs> no, for real. That it, If I just saw him just bulldozing his way through, that would <laughs> yeah. be really insane. Pl like, and the shot of, like, them sitting next to each other where Vader is, like, like nine feet tall, and she looks, like, five feet is, like, terrifying to, like, no, how tall real. he is. I'm like, I don't know... Whose idea it was to become part of the Inquisitors? I mean, I know a lot of them didn't have a choice. It seemed like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess we never really talked about this, but did was Reva kind of found by the Inquisitorius, or did she volunteer? Because Grand Inquisitor says, when we found you, you were in the gutter it. or something. But, like, how much of it was she refused to join them and they broke her with the dark side? Or was she kind of volunteered because she was hunting down Vader. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Because it does seem like they... Well, first of all, she was stabbed by Anakin in Order 66 because we have that flashback of him, like, jabbing her. And so, like, she was stabbed... So not only has she survived being stabbed by him once, but she then survived stabbing him twice. Yeah. So she was stabbed. So I'm like, I think that for some reason they must have, like found her because like, it doesn't seem like any of the other people that he stabbed <laughs> and other kids that he stabbed they like recruited um it was just like her out of that like group that she was in and so like maybe because because she survived it and so they're like okay cool but my whole question is why would they want to recruit someone who knew and they know that she knew that Anakin was Darth Vader if that was supposed to be like such a big secret like why would they like willingly do that like because they would obviously They'd have to know that she knew that because he literally stabbed her. And like, I don't know. Maybe the Empire doesn't think this far. But I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think that there was some sort, some sense of like, 
I don't know if the Inquisitors necessarily, like, were able to sign up. Maybe they were. I, I don't know. But it seemed a lot like that they were hired out by yeah. the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, also- I mean, e- even... It, I think from the beginning, maybe not whenever she was, I don't know how old she was, like 12, but from the beginning, her, her main goal was to, like, kill Vader. Even, regardless if she signed up or was hired, I think that towards the beginning of her time being Inquisitor, she realized this was her chance to get to Vader. So, yeah. Well, I think for sure they pretty much didn't know that she was one of the younglings in the temple. Because we even oh, okay. see in the flashback how... Anakin stabs her and then, like, turns around and walks away as she, like, fades out. Okay. And so I think she kind of just was, like, living on her own, just doing her thing, and then they kind of found her. Okay. That's my theory on it, but... Yeah. I don't think that they knew that she was a youngling. No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, um, because, yeah, I I don't know. I just, so do you think that, uh, both of y'all, do you think that she... Like, just a, based upon what you know about the Empire and whatnot, do you think that she, like, signed up for it, or for being an Inquisitor, or that they made her do it? Uh, I mean, I feel like, and we'll talk about this later in Episode 5, but I know, mm-hmm. I think from my recollection, Vader does call Reva a youngling. Now, I don't know if that mm. means he knows who oh. she is, or if, because all Inquisitors were hypothetically part of the Jedi Order at some point, and given how young she is, maybe he just knew that she probably was a youngling at the time that Order 66 happened. So I feel like it could go either way. Either he recognized her, like he kind of knew, and it's almost in the same way that Vader, when he's on the Death Star and Ben Kenobi gets there, he says, a presence I haven't felt since. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's almost that you can kind of tell, almost like the Force has, like, an ID on people. <laughs> Like yeah, a, like yeah, a yeah, hello, yeah. my name is blank. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Either he recognized Reva almost through the Force, or he just knew, given how old she was, that she must have been a youngling as opposed to, obviously, being a Jedi Knight or Padawan at that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it could go true. either way, but I feel that also it could go either way that Reva was either taken and broken... And she still has, like you said, that thirst for revenge. Or she could have voluntarily done it. Now, well, uh, I, I don't want to get into it yet about... Because there are some questions I have about Reva's arc in relation to that. In terms of she wants revenge for all the younglings and all the Jedi killed. And yet she's an Inquisitor whose only job is to kill Jedi. Yeah. Because Obi-Wan... I forget exactly what he says word for word, but basically said to her, like, don't become like him, in a sense. Like, don't mm. do to other people what Vader did to you and your family, basically. Mm-hmm. But I guess we can yeah. talk about that later, because we should just go ahead and start on episode five. And maybe while we talk, if we have any other Reva insights, we'll throw them in yeah. there. And um, Reva even killed that one younger Jedi that asked for Obi-Wan's help. She yeah. did kill him, so that was confusing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Is like, not only was she hunting down Jedi and whatever, but, like, she seemed to be more vicious than even some of the other exactly. Inquisitors were. Which is, like, really strange to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and 
Now, I will say, like, Star Wars, I'm pretty sure, like, this was actually, like, they actually said this, that they were rewriting her arc or whatever, her story, so that they could do more with her. So maybe, maybe some of the stuff, maybe there were scenes that were cut out. I, I mean, are, I'm saying, oh, maybe even most definitely, there were scenes that were cut out of episodes five and six that maybe would have given us a more definite answer as to what, like, why she did some of the things that she did. And mm -hmm. they, they changed that so that they could redo some of the stuff for another project. I don't know if it's going to be Kenobi episode or uh, season two, but like something else. I don't know. Yeah. But then, yeah, anyway. She could have thought kind of that one life was worth like the deception a little bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, one I mean, definitely. Kind of, I don't true, know. Yeah. True. I mean, I mean, she obviously was not in the most, uh, like, okay mental state. So she definitely, I mean, her main objective was to go kill Vader. Mm -hmm. So she was probably like, I mean, it seemed like she was like anything to do that was worth it. So, which is, which is just obviously like a very screwed up way of thinking. Because yeah. like, in reality, she was like becoming, I mean, and she did realize, and we'll talk about it in episode six, like she realized that she was becoming the thing that she was trying to destroy. Because mm -hmm. she was like about to go kill this poor kid for no reason. Yeah, for, for um, no reason. We'll have to talk about that too, because I need yeah, some that was help on interesting. what exactly happened there. But yeah, yeah, I would okay. say maybe she is more in the ends justify the means mindset. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking that if she still has that goal, like, that she believes what she's doing is right in killing Vader, like, avenging all of her fallen fellow younglings and the whole Jedi mm -hmm. Order, basically, then mm -hmm. why would she be the person who disobeys orders and goes out of her way to, like, chop off people's hands and such? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, That's I what understand. I'm saying. Like, why be so vicious? Yeah, I understand that she wants to get attention, but I feel like... As long as she captured Kenobi, as long as she was the one who was kind of spearheading that mission, I feel like she would have gotten Vader's attention. I don't think Vader was interested mm -hmm. because she was disobeying orders the whole time. I feel like he was interested yeah. because she was the first one to capture Kenobi and was clearly on the hunt. While the fifth brother's just sitting back in his chair like a couch potato, being like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get what I'm owed, and so are you, or yeah. whatever, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I, because Grand Inquisitor, he's the Grand Inquisitor not because he's flying off the handle, he's quite the opposite. He's extremely calm and collected, and more of a cold, mm -hmm. cunning, That's true. mastermind type of person, even to the point in episode six, where he said, yo, Vader, we kind of don't want to go after Kenobi, and Vader's like, shut your mouth, fool, and then they mm -hmm. just move on. So, even then, the Grand Inquisitor can almost not question authority to where it seems mutinous. Disrespectful. Yeah, but he's still such a silent tactician almost in that way that he would even question Vader's plan and see if it's detrimental to the uh, ultimate goal of the Empire. So, I mm -hmm. and he's Grand Inquisitor. Like, how did he even get to that position? I don't know if there are any books or comics that cover the Grand Inquisitor's Well, he story, was a temple but... guard. Yeah, he was, yeah. for sure. Which so Matt maybe. might have already given him prestige, for sure. Yeah. But... They talk about that yeah. in Rebels, too, don't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When Kanan goes to, like, the flashback, kind of. Yeah, that's how I mean, we find yeah, out he was too. a temple guard, is in that flashback, when Kanan gets it, even, even more specifically, this is just because I'm an Ahsoka Sand. He was the one of the ones that, like, uh, brought her in, or, like, was, like, around her. At the time, which is really interesting. Oh, for real? Um, whenever she was like on trial, yeah. Did they mention that? Um, I don't, I don't remember that. I don't know. I somehow it came about. I think it was maybe in like the comics or something. I don't oh, really okay. know for sure, but somehow it came about. Okay, well um, that's cool. Yeah, 
So I guess, like, as more specifically, like, tuning in towards, like, episode five, um, like, okay, so I, th- I think, Maddie, you, you might want to talk about this, but I think the, we, we got to talk about, like, this is the most important part of episode five almost, <laughs> is the flashback yes. scenes. Oh, yes. um, my goodness. Woo. Yeah, they were so, so before we even begin talking about, like, how good they were, I just want to point out, like, just really quick, that the CGI was really strange to me. Like, the mm-hmm. fact that, like, they can recreate Mark Hamill, but they can't, like, de-age Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. I thought that was strange, but it didn't really bother me so much. Yeah. Because I was like, it's more about the story that's going on than, like, the effects. Mm-hmm. But I, I still have, like, questions on, like, why didn't they, like, de-age... Like, Disney's been doing de-aging for, like, a decade. Like, at the least. Like, like in their mainstream stuff. So, like, why... Why couldn't they do that? I don't know. Maybe they just have enough money. But it, like I said, that wasn't the point. The point wasn't like, oh, look at these cool special effects. It was the, um, it was the story. So I just wanted to like kind of like get that out of the way because that was such a hot topic for a while of like why did they do that? But that's kind of like my thought is like you know it doesn't like yeah it was it was a strange choice. A lot of things in Kenobi was a, was a strange choice. But like I think the main point of it wasn't. Okay, look at look look at these cool effects that we can do. Like with Luke and Mando, like that. I mean, it was it was absolute fan service. There's no reason for him to like kind of show up like that. It was absolute fan service, and it was awesome. It was and awesome like it was also service. like look at yeah, it, it was like look look at the effects that we can do, and we all loved it. And I don't think like this was a time for that sort of like um hey look how look how cool this is sort of thing. Anyway, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so anyway, Maddie, talk about... Because I know that this was something that you liked the most. Uh-huh. Or not the most, but but that, that you liked a lot was the flashbacks. And more specifically, like, how it continued throughout the episode. Um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I will say before I get into the awesome flashbacks, go, going off of what you said in terms of the special effects, I definitely understand that it was a little distracting seeing, what, 40-year-old Hayden Christensen now... When he's supposed yeah. to be, like, 20 in Attack of the Clones. Especially, like, not to cut you off, but, like, yeah. especially whenever he kind of looks older than Obi-Wan and that, like, <laughs> flashback, does. like, Ewan McGregor <laughs> just, like, kind of looks younger, like, by default, mm-hmm. so it's, like, kind of weird, by but default. anyway, continue. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I totally understand, like, why didn't they touch it up just a little bit? It's funny, because I watched the episode 5 when it came out. And my dad was in the kitchen, and he looks at Anakin, and he goes, it's the jowls that gives it away. Sorry. Mm. And then I was in, I was re-watching episode five again, and he walked up, completely forgetting the first time he had said it, and he goes, I'm sorry, it's the jowls that gives it away. Like, he said it <laughs> twice, oh almost gosh. verbatim, which I thought was funny, but That's so funny. I understand not wanting to DH him completely. To where he almost looks like a plastic doll, in a sense. Because I think that was the one mm. thing that falls short. No, I agree. For Luke in mm-hmm. um, Mando and Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, I think they definitely improved. But Mando mm-hmm. especially, as uncanny as it looked, it looked really great. It also, because you know that that's not actually him, it feels a little lifeless. Just because, of course, you're making a person out of something that isn't a person, almost. You know what I mean? Like, of course there's a stand-in actor, but all of the facial expressions that he's going to be making, there's just something about the human body, about kind of the the life in all of us, in that sense, 
almost like the light behind someone's eyes or the way that they smile that CGI Mm -hmm. can just never perfect. And I don't think it ever will. I think we can get very scarily close, but I think when it comes down to it, if they were to de-age Hayden, I mean, we've seen some Marvel CGI, like when they did um, Michael Douglas young in Endgame and stuff. Or even that yeah, kind of scary ant- young Tony Stark in Civil War. Oh, yeah. That was kind of like scary. See, like that kind of CGI, that's yeah. what their de-aging looks like. And as cool as it is to see them quote-unquote young, it also looked kind of plastic or almost mannequin-like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know that was like, I don't know how many years ago that they came out with those movies. I mean, Endgame mm-hmm. was 2019, so th- that wasn't that yeah. far ago. But I would say... In defense, as much as it was a little distracting, because we know that Hayden is a lot older than he was, I actually didn't mind it at all. And that's just me, but yeah. yeah. Well, and um, one more thing I was going to say about de-aging. I think we have to get to a point where, like, it's like, um, you're just okay with it looking fake, as long as, like, the story makes sense. Like, it's not just to show off cool special effects. Because, like, for example, like, like, Luke, we would never be able to get a movie about or a TV show with uh with Luke's with young Luke Skywalker in it and sometimes you just got to be like yeah it doesn't look good sometimes but mm-hmm. like we're we're at least getting a new story with him yeah. in it same thing with like the end game thing like or like flat like if you wanted a flashback of Robert Downey Jr or something like that's not what they did but if if you wanted to do that then you might like just get to like just like it like even mm-hmm. though it doesn't look good um it's just like, okay, cool, this is a cool story. Yeah, So, for anyway, sure. all right, yeah. And so, okay, so let's get into that flashback, or almost, is that the way it, episode five starts? I can't 100% yeah. remember. Yeah? Yeah, I'm, I thought, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it starts him in the back to tank. And you kind of see him and Vader both in the back to tank. Uh, uh wait, yes. the back to tank. I think the back to tank yes. was episode four, right? Because he had just gotten no. injured on episode three. Oh, wait. wait. Yes, you're right. Oh. The back to take was episode four. Yeah, yeah so I was, yeah. Just, yeah. I was testing it, it was sure was too confusing. <laughs> yeah, you were just testing us, for sure. Yes. Um, yes. I, yeah, I think it does start with the flashback, because yeah. once you finish the like the intro and the recap, all of a sudden you just see Hayden's shoulder looking out over the Coruscant skyline, which completely yeah. blew my mind away. I knew we were talking about, oh, there must be a flashback of some, of some part, because there's no way we can't see Hayden... In his true form, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they wouldn't. Like, why would they hire him if he's just, just gonna be in a to suit? Play Vader, and of course, in Episode mm-hmm. Six, we see that we also see him as mm. Vader and almost Anakin in the same way, which yeah. was very chilling. But I think yes. the flashback was done so well because I was a little nervous that the flashback would be a little bit random to where it didn't add as much to the story. It's kind of just Obi Wan reminiscing on a time back Mm -hmm. a while ago with Anakin. But the way that they laced and weaved this flashback throughout the entire episode 5, I think kind of made me love Anakin's character so much more. Because I will say, I love Vader, and I love Anakin slash Vader's arc, but I didn't really have a high appreciation for Anakin in the prequels. And I, I don't know if that's because of the acting and the way things were written, which that was 20 years ago. I'm not going to hate Hayden for it. That wouldn't make much sense. Even if I do think his acting was kind of wooden, 
but I think the way that they explained more of the motives behind who Anakin was and more of a deep sense of why he became Vader, like what Obi-Wan was saying to him in the training scene, your need to prove yourself is your undoing. That kind of opened my mind in a sense. It Mm. added so much insight and complexity to understanding who Anakin and Vader is as a character. And it explains so much more why, not that Vader, Vader, not that Vader gets a beat down in this show, but he kind of does in terms of like Obi-Wan bests him. But it's not in a sense that, oh, Vader's suddenly super weak. You know what I mean? It's that Mm -hmm. Vader is still Anakin in a sense. Like, of course, Mm. Vader is like, I killed Anakin, whatever. You know, he's fully evil, but you can still feel the emotion behind what Vader has been doing in the show. And it's what Obi-Wan says, your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Vader, Anakin, still feels that he has to prove himself to Obi-Wan. And in this sense, not to prove that he can be a good Jedi Knight, but to prove to Obi-Wan that he can do things without him. You know, and to prove mm. that he is ultimately the most powerful force user, Sith, whatever you want to call it, in the galaxy. And to prove that without Obi-Wan, ever since he's left the Jaya Order, ever since he's done Order 66, almost that all of it was worth it for what he has become now. And you see mm. that in, I mean, in episode three, when he fights Obi-Wan and he's like, I am what you made me. He does the craziest creepy stuff, snapping that kid's neck. Which, might I say, just real quick, they show a shot of Reva when he snaps that kid's neck, and she looks a little shocked. That's what I'm just gonna say that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. Like, you, because I started getting a little like suspicious. Yeah, for sure. I started getting a little suspicious, like, Reva might not be as cold-hearted as we think she is. I think mm-hmm. she wants to be. I think she wants to be that because she believes that is what being strong is. But when she sees that kid's neck snapped... I mean, you, the complete, like, stun look on her face, like, her mouth kind of, like, her jaw drops almost. Not in a super yeah. obvious cartoony way, but you could just tell she was taken yeah, back she, by that. Yeah, she wasn't, like, as, um, like, I don't, what, what's the right word? Like, like, taken, like, away from society or, like, you know, like, normal feelings as Vader was at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, because you always thought, like, oh, she's just, like, killing people. Like, she doesn't have any morals or whatever. Like, she's just, like, this horrible person. And then you all of a sudden see that... She, you know, she she might have a little bit of humanness <laughs> still yeah, in her. <laughs> for sure. And so with that, going back to the dual flashback, mm-hmm. I just want to mention that little thing real mm-hmm. quick. Because I feel like we didn't actually mention mm-hmm. how scary Vader was in episode three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to. Town, yeah. Completely choking people out, dragging them through the sand, and then snapping that kid's neck for no reason. That was insane. Yeah. But that was crazy. going back to Anakin's need to prove himself and the way that they have the duel, because they chop it up. They don't just show a complete scene, uh, Mm -hmm. which I appreciated, because the scene of their duel is in complete parallel to episode 5 and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because you see them dueling, which is kind of Anakin and Obi-Wan, Vader and Obi-Wan now, kind of in a dance with one another of who's going to move first. I mean, Obi-Wan was like, Vader's not going to wait. And I think it might have mm. been Roken was like, how do you know that? And he, Obi-Wan said he's not patient enough for a siege. And all of a sudden it flashes forward to, or flashes backward really, to Anakin completely trying to obliterate Obi-Wan in this duel. 
just showing how everything Obi-Wan knows about Anakin is completely evident in who Anakin was before he was Vader. It's not that Obi-Wan hmm. knew Anakin was this when they were dueling on Mustafar. It was like, no, all, all of those signs have been there from the beginning of how Anakin was struggling, like I said, for his need to prove himself. So, and I think as we go through the duel, um, as Vader seems to be triumphant, as um, we'll talk about later, Tala's sacrifice, and I think someone on the Star Destroyer, I can't remember what they said, but it cuts back to Vader, and Vader says something along the lines of, we've already got Obi-Wan. Because he said, we don't mm. need to break them, we need to break Obi-Wan. And right when Tala dies, and Obi-Wan seems to have given up hope, Vader knows that. And around that time in the episode is when they show the flashback of Anakin taking Obi-Wan's lightsaber and saying, uh, you, are, you are beaten. Like, I've defeated you, hmm. my master, whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And so the way that the duel kind of maps out their kind of cat and mouse game of Vader and Anakin, mm -hmm. I think is really amazing in that mirror, I would say. And then, mm. of course, at the very end, when in the flashback, when Obi-Wan kind of takes Anakin by surprise and takes both lightsabers is when Obi-Wan, in a sense, defeats Vader in that scene. And he says, your need mm -hmm. to improve yourself is your undoing. And you see Vader... Behind the mask, almost going off the rails with the motion, and then you see him completely like take down Riva in the most OP way possible. But I, I know I just rambled on for what feels like no. an hour, but the way that they laced <laughs> no, the good. flashback was just super cool to me. And the way that they're basically yeah. telling the story of episode five through this flashback, but we still get to see episode five play out. But it's that uh -huh. you know what Vader is thinking and feeling the entire time without him having to really say anything, because the flashback is what speaks for Vader's story in this show, which I thought was very genius on their end. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you guys have yeah. any thoughts? Yeah. And, like you were saying with the parallel with the duel and then the, the flashback, um, like, I could see kind of when, during the flashback, when Anakin kind of, like, yeets his lightsaber mm -hmm. out of the way. And he's like, okay, I've beaten you. Is I feel it's kind of like when he throws all the rocks at him and just kind of like leaves him. Like, okay, he's beaten. Mm. Yeah. And then, like both times, Obi-Wan's like, no. <laughs> nah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other yeah, thing right. too is Anakin or Vader, I think, thinks so highly of himself. His, his arrogance in that way is his undoing as well. Like the need to prove mm. himself. And then when he's arrogant and believes he has proven himself is when he lets his guard down. So in that flashback and almost in episode five towards the end when he thinks he's gotten Obi-Wan but he hasn't. And then the third time in their duel in episode six when he thinks he's crushed Obi-Wan Obi under those rocks. Every time Anakin or Vader thinks, oh, finally, this is my moment where I feel like I've actually gained control over this relationship, or whatever you want to call it, that he is mm -hmm. kind of like he says in the Death Star when he faces Ben Kenobi, when I last saw you, I was but the learner, now I am the master. Vader's just always mm -hmm. trying to make sure he's higher up on the ladder than Obi-Wan, but every time he does that, it becomes a stumbling block for him as well because he's so blinded by 
anger, by hatred, by emotion, by, of course, the need to prove himself. And so yeah. Vader is so blind that when Ben Kenobi says, if you shall strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine, Obi-Wan's like, I don't care, and he swings, <laughs> and Obi-Wan becomes this force ghost, which we don't yeah. really see their abilities as much in um, the original trilogy, but I would assume that being a force ghost it is much more OP than being what Yoda calls crude matter, like being actually alive in that material world, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so even I, then, Vader gets like loses control of himself. I uh, find it funny, a little off topic, but the the plot hole and the ghosts. Um, it's even Maddie, which you were showing me that one time. It's like Hishy Dubs or something. Uh huh. It's like that YouTube, and uh, it's like who was it? it yeah, it was Luke when Ray tries to throw the lightsaber into the burning X-Wing or whatever. Oh, yeah. In yeah. episode 9, he just, like, grabs it and yeets it yeah. back at her. And yeah. And I'm like, bro, so you can just fight? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. nobody's nobody's helped, like, all throughout all this yeah. time. No Force Ghosts have ever helped fight. They're, like, like giving advice. They're like, you have to beat him. There's going to be no world if he wins. And then they're just like, okay, now I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> all I, right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> And I definitely think at the end of this episode, we're going to touch on a certain Force ghost, I would say, and kind of discuss where he's been this whole time, and kind of why I think he hasn't been in the show the whole time, and how I think it was actually the perfect way to use him. So, okay, I think we should move on to episodes five with the meat, the meat of the story. I mean, not including the flashback, because I think that was, like I said earlier, one of the best things they did in the show. Um... I think let's let's talk about kind of Reva talking with Obi-Wan. Because we already talked about the whole leaving your lightsabers and robes behind. Mm-hmm. That whole story of the path's actual goal. But when Reva comes down and talks to Obi-Wan, I mean, we see for the first time the flashback of her in Order 66 and talking with yeah. Obi-Wan about what her entire goal of hunting Vader was. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think about, like, did you feel like Reva's plan not was solid in terms of, like, she, everything went right for her, but does it make a bunch of sense to you, and we kind of already covered this, but in terms of what her motivations are, because I feel like it could have gone a different way, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about that first. Um, I don't know. I mean, like we said before, like, I think it's strange that she would have if she did choose to join the Inquisitors, that she would have chosen something so, like, in her opinion, because this is why she's going to go, she wants to go kill Vader, mm-hmm. is because he was killing, like, younglings and killing all Jedi. Like, why she would be like, oh, so I, that's what I should go do. Like, I don't, under, like, her whole objective is to go kill him because he did that. And so she's like, all right, yeah. now I want to go do that. I feel like that was kind of strange. I do get that maybe... There was no, as a Force-sensitive person, and as someone who maybe the, like, Empire did know who she was, because, like, there there was a moment between her and Anakin, like, maybe, like, she didn't have any other way to rise up the ranks, because mm-hmm. maybe they already knew who she was, so she couldn't, like, just go be, like, an officer or something, try, try to do that, or, like, a stormtrooper or something, because, um, they already knew who she was, and they probably would might not, not be okay with that, knowing that she was Force-sensitive. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's why she did that. But, I mean, I, I think the whole idea that the entire time she was actually trying to get to Vader um, was, I, 
I thought it was a good idea because I don't think we've ever seen that like in live action Star Wars before yeah. of like like <laughs> I don't know like a lot of times in Star Wars everything is pretty like as it seems some sometime like of course we did have that what's the purple hair girl's G general holdo yeah Holden. like where she Admiral. she was Holden. um trying she was doing something that we didn't think like it was it was different towards yeah. the end of the movie mm -hmm. but like I, so i thought that i mean obviously it's a pretty uh i i don't know like i feel like the it's it kind of happens a lot in different in different things like we, we kind of it wasn't like like whenever she went in and told obi-wan that it wasn't like oh my gosh like that's crazy I'm like i'm like oh okay at least like now it makes sense what she's doing but um yeah i mean i don't know like i didn't think it was horrible, but I did. I definitely thought that some of the things that she did, or that she had said that she had done, or whatever, seemed kind of weird to me. Like if she really is trying to get revenge for, and maybe it's because her main motivator is solely just revenge, mm. and not to like, like I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I don't think part of her motivation was to kill Vader so that the political and, like, the Empire, like, would be gone. Like, the political thing would be better and, like, the Empire would be gone. I don't think that was really in her mind at all. I think it was only because he killed her friends that she was like, all right, he's he's got to die. So I may, maybe that's, maybe that's, like, another thing is, like, it wasn't, like, maybe there was better ways that, that she could do it if she wasn't solely motivated by revenge. Mm -hmm. Um... I mean, it's also, like, she was taking a massive chance. Like, I don't know why she would ever think she was going to get to be Grand Inquisitor. Because Grand Inquisitor, like, was already filled and he had it for, I don't know, like, ten years at, at this point. Like, like it. I don't know why she ever, like, a lot of weird puzzle pieces had to go into place for her to ever, like, because, I mean, I think we talked about this last episode. Like, she, I, I really do think in episode five, I think... Whenever she's, um, no, maybe episode, no, it's episode five whenever she's made, made Grand Inquisitor. Like, that was the first time I really think that she was actually in the room with Vader. Like, or at least yeah. in, like, distant, I mean, obviously, like, in episode, uh, three, she was, like, in the same vicinity. Like, he was, like, choking people or whatever. But obviously, there was, like, five other Inquisitors with her. She couldn't, oh. like, just go kill him. So <laughs> I think that was, like, the first time she was really, like, actually... Obviously, it wasn't one-on-one -on -one, because there was the whole bridge was up there. Like, everybody working on the bridge was up there. But, like, sort of, like, actually in the room. And I think that mm -hmm. uh, that was what she was trying to get to is she saw that the Grand Inquisitor kind of had these one-on-one -on -one meetings with him. And so she was like, okay, that's what I want. But my whole thing is before that, like, before she was even an Inquisitor, I don't know if she would have known that. So, like, there would have to be... Anyway, I, I, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but um, yeah, anyway, uh, y'all can share your your thoughts now. Yeah, so I thought, I agree with you, Jacob, just that I like what they did with the idea that it was, she was getting close to Vader um, to mm -hmm. kill him, um, and how that's kind of like risky, but like a savage move at the same time. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't, I agree with you that like, it's weird that she was an Inquisitor and not like I don't know if she even could have been something else but I yeah yeah I agree with you just that yeah, it's weird that yeah. she's trying to avenge her friends that died by the inquisitors pretty much like yeah definitely I one thing I was going to say that you that you made me think about is like I wasn't the I I liked Reva like I I didn't understand all the hate she was getting like I like yeah, like compared same. to some other Star Wars characters like she was much better than some some of the characters are stupid like <laughs> but I I liked her 
And so I was like, I didn't really fully understand the hate that she was getting. And so, but I would definitely agree that at the the first four, ep- first three, maybe two or three episodes, her story seems kind of really dumb. Like, I will agree. Like, it was kind of weird. Like, there was a lot of unanswered stuff. Like, a lot of weird things happening. So, I think there was also a little, little part of me that was just happy that they weren't sticking with just that, like, kind of kill, destroy, kill, destroy, kill, destroy story. It seems so, like, flat. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, I, I think just the fact that she had this other, like, motive in itself like made me like it because I was not really uh super with the the other stuff that was going on but yeah I, I don't know yeah for sure and I think first of all we, we've been talking a lot about Reva and it may sound like we hate her guts just because of how confused we've been sounding about her arc I think I was I was definitely excited to see a new kind of inquisitor that was really off the handle and not super quiet and calm and collected because all the other inquisitors seem that way one way or another. So it was cool to see Mm -hmm. a new kind of inquisitor, but can I share real quick what I think Reva's storyline could have gone that I feel like could have made a little bit more sense. Okay. So I think what it should have been is that I think she should not have known that Anakin is Darth Vader. So let me let me yes, kind of explain agree. why. So I think what it should have been is that, of course, she's in the oh, Jedi Temple and she sees Anakin, a Jedi, suddenly coming with a bunch of clones, which was a part of, like, the Jedi's army almost. And they just come and slaughter a bunch of people, right? And um, you see in, with everyone after that, the Empire leads the public to believe that the Jedi were the traitors, that they were the people mm-hmm, who had turned right. evil. Yeah. So I wonder if Reva might have been kind of deceived in that way too and put under the impression that the Jedi didn't protect them. Like when one of their own turned against and she might have been like, how many other Jedi were plotting this too? Yeah. Like a few to grab power or whatever. And maybe she would have assumed that maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi kills Anakin or whatever like everyone believes, you know? And so yeah. she joins up with the Empire believing similarly to the public that the empire will now stand for order and power and security and such you know and that vader unlike anakin skywalker unlike some of the hypocritical jedi as ahsoka realizes towards the end of clone wars that he actually stands for something and holds firm to it and that she maybe actually might believe in the empire because how would you know that the Empire, Emperor Palpatine was the one who orchestrated all of that if no one tells you that? Mm-hmm. that You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the entire public yeah. was led to believe that the Jedi betrayed. And she was just a yeah. youngling. So how could she understand what was going on at that time? So I feel like it might have made more sense if she was completely disillusioned and found that Emperor Palpatine and Vader were a more stronger power. And that that should be something that she believes in because the Jedi turned her back on her and her friends and her family. You know what I mean? And so now she comes to believe that anyone who still holds true to the Jedi are in a sense a traitor to her and to what Mm. she believes is the true power. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think she Mm -hmm. could try to climb the ranks to Grand Inquisitor, you know, and feel a complete more hatred for not the individual Jedi in particular, but anyone who still stands for that kind of message, including Obi-Wan. Now, maybe she goes after Obi-Wan because, like she kind of blamed Obi-Wan for in episode 5, where were you 
when all of my friends and basically family were slaughtered. Anakin was your Padawan. Mm. Where were you? Did you train him to be like this? I understand if maybe Obi-Wan is the direct, is the only direct line to a sense of justice for her, you know? And it's not mm -hmm. until Obi-Wan and her talking through that wall in episode five that Obi-Wan goes, you are a youngling then. Um, <laughs> mm. And he says something maybe like, did, did, you don't know, do you? Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. And that's, it's almost mm. like an Empire Strikes Back moment where she's like, what the heck? The man who yeah. killed all of my friends beside me, my masters, tried to kill me, is actually the man I've been serving this whole time and I didn't know it, yeah. you know? And maybe that's where yeah. she flips a switch and suddenly she she knows that the one man that she always wanted to get revenge on to avenge her, all of her friends and such is the man that she's been trying to serve this whole time. And I feel like maybe that's where they flip a switch and Obi-Wan is like, I know you want revenge. I can help you. And then later, I feel like she should have come for Obi-Wan in some way because when she gets bested by Vader and Vader goes, Obi-Wan was wise to use you. Like Reva realizes that she was a tool to Obi-Wan in a way. Not, I don't know if it was Obi-Wan's intention of that, but that's definitely how it could have been like construed in that kind of manner that everyone around her is just using her for a higher purpose and so i just feel mm. like maybe her not knowing that anakin was vader it could have been like she was serving who she thought was better than the jedi mm. and she realizes that it was the actual man who had ruined her entire life i don't know i just thought that would have been interesting yeah, I actually like least. that plotline a lot better than the one. No, that, that yeah, used. that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, and I, I feel yeah. like there could have been a lot more to it, like, nuance and stuff, but in the general, like, overview of it, because, like I said, like we were talking about, Anakin's identity as Darth Vader was secret to almost everyone. Like, only a handful mm -hmm. of people knew, and I don't mm -hmm. know if the Inquisitors really knew, because I don't think any other Inquisitor has mentioned Anakin Skywalker by name at least in the shows and such i don't know about comics but yeah yeah okay we yeah. we we have to move on <sighs> i know we've been talking <laughs> so much about reva but i think we kind of basically i think reva's character was super interesting and i don't really know why she went to go kill luke for justice i don't know if she meant justice against obi-wan or if somehow killing anakin skywalker's unknown son would somehow be better I, I don't understand I, I that well that's what she was thinking was it would be justice against him <laughs> against anakin mm -hmm. um but anakin didn't like, even know so that that's the yeah. weird part but which she might not have known that yeah like yeah maybe she, she might have been know. like oh he knows he has a son i'm gonna go kill him mm -hmm. because yeah no i can get revenge well, on him i don't know i before we go into episode six really quick like i just want to point out how stupid bail organa is um <laughs> because <laughs> like I love like him, but, I don't yeah. under, like a lot of things that he did this show made him look like an idiot and like and before like he didn't seem like that but like mm -hmm. though and I don't remember if we talked about this last time but like the fact that I don't think so. he yeah I don't think so the fact that he first of all contacts Obi-Wan whenever they tell whenever they said not to he contacts him and he's not hearing back from him so he literally says in the thing I think, like, you might have gotten captured or something along those lines. Like, like if you've gotten captured, I don't know. So he says that. Then he proceeds to tell the exact thing they've been trying to hide for ten years. One of the biggest things in the entire galaxy that needs to be kept a secret. He goes, 
if you're captured, I guess I might as well just say, come to, I'm going to be a tat, like, come to Tatooine. I'm going to take care of Darth Vader's son. He didn't say those exact words. But anyway, I'm just like, what in the world was he thinking at that, like, point? Like, I understand that, uh, maybe he wasn't thinking straight, um, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know exactly, exactly what that was about, but, um, anyway... All that to say, that was very strange. I do not understand how in the world Reva put together that that was Anakin's son. Like, does anybody? Does it? Can anybody enlighten me on that? I like all he said. As far as I remember, all he said was, "I'm gonna go to Tatooine, to, like for the boy. Like, don't let him know." And I mean, maybe, like, maybe I know, like know. maybe those. Maybe she can put it together, but, like, I mean, the only way that it makes any sense that she went to Tatooine to go kill Luke is because she knew that it was Anakin's son. Like, that's the only way that she, that's the reason that she would have yeah. done that. I mean, why would she just go kill this kid? See, like, it doesn't make any sense. When, oh, I think Owen asks her, like, why, why the heck, why do you want him? And she says, justice? Like, justice yeah. against who? Like, maybe it was Obi-Wan. That she wants to kill the one thing that Obi-Wan was tasked to do. I honestly Maybe. have no idea what exactly she meant by that, which is the hard part yeah. for me to get on board with, is that, first of all, Owen yeah. and Brew, may I just say, were complete bosses. Like, they were able to yes, hold their I own love... for a long time. So, I'm just gonna yeah, put awesome. that out real quick, that that was actually pretty pretty cool of them to take on an Inquisitor like that, and their entire place oh, yeah. was armed, which was really funny, but um, yeah, I, I just don't understand really why she was on Tatooine to begin with. So, uh -huh. yeah. 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 Okay, uh, uh, I want to go back to episode 5 real quick. I know we keep bouncing back and forth between 5 and 6. We might as well just be talking about it all as a whole. But I think the duel will be the last thing we discuss. But I just want to say, Tala's mm -hmm. sacrifice was so awesome and sad at the same mm -hmm. time. Because... I think she ended up, besides Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think she was my favorite character in this show. Because you mm -hmm. knew exactly who she was. Her story was very interesting, like what her motivations were, that she joined the Empire. Like I said earlier, not realizing what the Empire actually stood for and what their true goal was. And so her making yeah. a complete swap, I mean, Reva telling her she's a traitor and she said, this, is, this was never who I was. You know, and that mm. she's just trying so yeah. hard. Like, if I can just... Almost to atone for what she's done for, but almost, like, if I can just get a few people yeah. to safety, then I feel like I've done my part in this uh, war, or w whatever you want to call it. But I was a little sad about her sacrifice in terms of... I thought she would have been a cool addition to Andor, in all honesty, <laughs> if they wanted to connect stuff. Yeah. Oh. Um, because she definitely seemed like a true rebel. And so the Rebel Alliance, yeah. it Rebel Alliance might have been formed already. I'm not 100% sure. Like, whatever Cassian was, whoever he was working with, it didn't seem like Tala and Roken and them, they didn't, they weren't actually part of the Rebel Alliance. They were just helping people to safety. But I think if Tala had joined the cause that the, in Andor, that would have been such a cool way for her character to grow in that sense and help more people out, so... But I think yeah. it was really sad when she died, but her, um, when Ned B was protecting her, and when she, like, blew up the entire tunnel, I thought that was such a, a cool way to go out, I guess. Mm -hmm. Very cinematic, mm -hmm. I'd say. Really sad, but... 
Which fits her character, yeah. too. For sure. For sure. I totally agree. And later, when when Leia was like, what happened to Tala? Obi-Wan just kind of looks at her, and then they just move on. I was like, oh, I thought we were going to linger a, a little bit more on how sad it is, because I'm sad. Is no one else yeah, sad? Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead. We, let's she just died. Go. Sorry. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but... they, they gave uh, Wade, or whatever his name was, more time than they gave Tala. No, for real. I was like, something's a little messed up here with the, the pacing or just the decision on how they... Like, her death was super It should have been a movie. But everyone's reactions was like... Roken's like, if you surrender yourself, Tala will have died for nothing. And Obi-Wan's like, all right then. <laughs> and then let, let's get this show on the road. So, Yeet. Um, I think when Vader comes down onto the planet and, you know, he takes down that ship. I mean, we, we've seen people try to do that. Ahsoka did that with Maul. Ray tried to do that with the transport and the Rise of Skywalker and just blew it up. But Vader literally an idiot. turned the engines off on that ship that was going like full turbo boost <laughs> and completely <laughs> yeah. rips the ship almost in half. It's just tearing metal out like a boss. Yeah. I mean, uh, people are like, oh, how did he not know everyone else was in the other ship? I'm like, I don't know if I saw a ship just blasting off and I sense well, that there are Here's people. the thing. We didn't know. And it was clearly yeah. in the frame. And I think it also just goes to show that, like, he is so angry and so, like... Exactly. Uh, like, even in, like, the flashbacks in that episode, like, one track mind, like, just centered on this one thing. I think that was the main point they were trying to make is, like... And they showed it in the frame. Like, I... Whenever I saw it, I was like, okay, come on. And I went back. I was like, oh, it was actually, like, right there. Like, it was kind of, like, obviously, yeah, like, right there. And we didn't even see it either. Because we were, we were all looking at Vader, like, holding up his hand. And we're like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of like seeing red. Where, like, kind of mm. the edges of yeah. your vision are blurred. Like, kind of more mm -hmm. metaphorically. But yeah. the edges of your vision are kind of blurred. And so you're only focusing on the one point that's in the center. Yeah. For so sure. he's only Definitely. focusing on, he thinks Obi-Wan is in that ship. So he's probably picturing Obi-Wan like terrified in the ship while he's pulling it down yeah and that's true so he's probably not really focusing on what he thinks is an empty ship just sitting there mm. yeah and then of course reva comes and tries to get him in the back but i just love when she tries to put her lightsaber down and she freezes and bear just has his hand up and slowly turns to look at her like oh my the, gosh. the amount of he's like bruh the, I, it wasn't, like, terror I had. It was, like, a, oh, my gosh. Like, stuff is about to go down right now. Yeah. Vader is like, what I, did you I just do? We, <laughs> what did you just try, Yeah, I think girl? we watched that episode together. I think we watched that episode together, and I remember us being like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Like, I'm like, you're dead. Like, yeah, you're, 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 like you're he's close. already so upset. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, can't he's, like, seething from the fact that Obi-Wan got away, and he wasn't able to do anything about it. And now this girl comes and tries to slash your shoulder off or something. But, <laughs> yeah. of, besides Reva doing more flipping around and parkour stuff <laughs> with Obi-Wan, I thought that face-off was super awesome. But the part when Obi-Wan takes her saber, splits it in half, Vader. and throws Vader. the other Vader. lightsaber... Vader! Vader! Vader, Wait, not Obi Wan. Vader, did I say you're confusing everybody. <laughs> yeah, yes. such a different. Sorry, I'm getting so excited right now. When Vader, like, takes the half, splits it, and just drops it on the ground in the dirt for her to pick up and fight him. Yeah, Vader is just playing with her at this point. And oh, I, he is. I was like, I was going nuts over this because just it, it was almost like in the Last Jedi when Luke brushes off the dust. When oh, Kylo Ren tries part. to, oh, like, yeah. completely obliterate him. 
it almost felt like that where Vader's like, oh, you actually want a lightsaber duel, girl? You want to try to go with me? <laughs> Here, pick up this lightsaber. Let's see what you're made of. Like, it was... I, I was just... I was laughing. Not because the yeah. scene was stupid, but because I mean, Vader is... The amount of sass I almost felt coming from him. Because Anna, yeah. it felt a total Anakin Which is Anakin, move. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That he just threw yeah. her and be and like, he, okay, girl, let's go. Like, he didn't even give her the dignity of, like, igniting his own lightsaber. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it was totally, like, <laughs> he was totally, like, roasting her, like, on purpose. Like, yeah, it was it, it was, was very hilarious. savage. He's like, I'm gonna kill you, but first I'm gonna play around with you just so that you can get a sense of, you, you're way in over your head. And Vader oh, knows yeah. it. Reva knows it, really. Like, I feel like once she tries to hit him and he just uses the force on her, I feel like she kind of knew it was over at that point, but she just kept yeah. trying, because what else are you going to do? Exactly. Like, you're going to die, so... Yeah. And <laughs> like, so, you might as well try. Yeah, so, of yeah. course, we see she gets stabbed, somehow is miraculously healed. I don't know if she used, like, a bath-to-tank that was in there to feel better and go to Tatooine. I mean, she was a little rugged or ragged whenever she went to Tatooine, but... I don't know how she could have survived that stab wound. I mean, Grand Inquisitor yeah, did, I mean, but she... apparently has stomachs, and apparently Revenge does a crazy thing for the will does to live. Does wonders. Does wonders, yeah, exactly, for the will yeah, to Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, yeah, that was kind of strange, like, how she, uh, like, I mean, yeah, she was in pain, like, on Tatooine, but still, I mean, like, she she wasn't, like, uh... Dying. She wasn't, it didn't seem like she was just stabbed. I mean, yeah. and she survived it before, so I guess she can survive it again. That's, that's true, that's um, true. She maybe just revenged as wonders for the will to live. So. Yeah, she just revenged herself into feeling yeah. better. Also, I was kind of thinking force oh, heal, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I that's don't not know if you a, can do that I mean, she's still in pain. I would say, I feel like oh, yeah. it's you putting you your life force into someone else that heals. Yeah, them. that's also, true. Maybe Yoda Ray did. Yeah, that's, I'm not sure, but maybe... If they do a season two, I don't know if that's confirmed yet or not. But I don't think it is yet, but I think not. it's... If I they think do, it's, I, think I feel likely. like... One of my theories would be that, like, another Jedi came and, like, took pity on her and force healed her and then yeeted her out. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that even makes sense, I mean, but... I would love to see... I mean, I know, I, I think we're talking about this, but I, and, and I know oh, that yes, this yes. is, like, this is not going to happen. Like, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> um, but... I would love to see her in uh, Jedi Survivor. I know that's not going to... Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I don't... Like, I know that that is not going to happen. But... Because, like... I don't know. Like, I, even though it has taken place, like, the same year. But, like, the fact that they're, like, rewriting her story. I'm like... They would already have to have had that solidified. Yeah. For her I to be like, in, like, a, a video game. I think when they mean by rewriting, I assumed that they were going to kill her off in the show. And decided to leave her alive. That's what I thought they. No, uh, that yeah. That's what I think as well, and so that's why I'm like, there's no way she can be in this mm -hmm. video game because I think that she was going to die or like Ooh. something was going to happen where she wasn't ever going to be a part yeah, like, of Star I wonder Wars if again. Vader was going to kill her in Episode Five, and that was the end for her. That you show that like the Inquisitors will never defeat Vader, and then Vader is going to be like the final boss in Episode Six. You know. Well, but then, but then all of Episode Six with her chasing Luke, like they didn't reshoot all of that. Like, a week before it came out, you know? Because yeah. she would have been dead. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. I'm just yeah. thinking, like, how would she die? Um, but I don't know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Um. Oh, I had a... Yeah, oh. okay, so... I guess... Um, like... So... Oh, yeah, you go. With talking about Jedi Survivor, 
I was kind of thinking I had another theory that since the timelines kind of line up mm-hmm. a little bit, that yeah. it could be something where like there's a cut scene or maybe you're even playing it and you see scenes from the show. Like you're somewhere oh. and you're kind of like watching. You don't engage, but you're hmm. watching. That's interesting. I think that'd be cool. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen since yeah. they rewrote it, but. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. You're just like on a mission and you see something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to see how this game works out in terms of it being in the same year if they'll actually do anything with it. But I think they we need to. to. I think we need to address the elephant in the room, the Obi Wan Invader duel in Episode Six, because I think we've talked yes. enough about Tatooine. Yes. I feel like there's not more that can be said besides the fact that we were a little confused on why. But that Obi Wan Invader duel. Can I just say first of all? All I was thinking about was The Last Jedi when it came to this, because you have a rebel-type group on the run from a fleet, like, from a Star Destroyer, and and, and similarly to when they're on crate when Kylo Ren is trying to go after the rebel base inside the cave. Then, mm-hmm. a certain somebody, Luke and Obi-Wan, in these respective stories, are the thing that kind of stops Vader and Kylo from moving in on the Rebel Alliance, they kind of prioritize one person because they're so blinded by their own anger and hatred for this person. So when the Grand Inquisitor, yeah. or Hux, is like, um, I don't think we should just prioritize one dude when that Rebel group is right in front of us. They're like, I don't care. Yeah. Get my ship. I'm touching down, and I'm going to duel them. Some of the shots in when they're on that unnamed dark planet in, um, in Episode 6 of Kenobi... Reminds me of Luke and Kylo's duel on Crate, where it's just a flat land, and they're side to side, except I think Kylo's on the left and Luke was on the right, but now Obi-Wan's on the left and Vader's on the right, so it's like the good and evil kind of mm-hmm. reverse, but I just wanted to point that out real quick, that that's all I could think about during that duel when I was watching yesterday most especially, that this is just screams Last Jedi in that sense, but... That duel was something else. First of all, that some of the dialogue was yeah. really good. Some of it was only clear callbacks to prequels, like when Obi-Wan's like, I'll do what I must. And then he yeah. does his signature pose, which was actually pretty fun. But um, Oh, I got yeah. chills when he did that. I was like, it's about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> I would say we're about to get like Mustafar Part 2, except not with all of the crazy fanfare music and yeah. lava. Which is what I was going to say is this duel in episode six actually reminded me a lot of Mustafar, not in like mm-hmm. the terrain like you were talking about or anything. Yeah. But like the way they were kind of holding a conversation while they were fighting. Oh, um, I feel like yeah, that's a lot of duels true. in Star Wars, but this one specifically, I feel like they just do it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be because they're master and Padawan. And so they like mm-hmm. talk a lot or they're like close or we're close or... Whatever, but I just thought that was really cool, how they... Uh... They're co-workers. Yeah, <laughs> they're co-workers. Yeah, just, just two co-workers, you know, battling it out. Just a normal Tuesday yeah. for us, you Fight know. Fight to the death. <laughs> um, I would say sometimes there was a little... When they are like, oh, it's gonna be like prequels duel, I was like, yes, but also, does that mean we're gonna have extremely superfluous, like, unnecessary spinning around while we're fighting? <laughs> yes. Turns out we did. Which, it's yeah. not a big deal to me, but I'm also like, why am I not surprised? Because apparently, the more finesse a Jedi has, the more spins they're supposed to do. Because well, Obi-Wan real, will just like randomly do a 360 
and then hit his lightsaber again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like they'll be dueling, they're facing each other, and then one of them does a spin, and the other one just kind of like stands there. Like I would be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be like no, hit him in the back while like, we're spinning yeah. for real. Like there's yeah. a there's a part like in Revenge of the Sith when they're dueling Count Dooku. Like I think it's Obi Wan and Count Dooku, and Dooku's just doing like five three sixty spins like at super <laughs> slow speed. It's it's just super funny to watch, but I would there's say like watching them like yeah. Okay. But you can tell too the emotion behind the scene in terms of like Vader is struggling. Like, it's not like what we would see when he's facing just a small group of rebels in Rogue One in the hallway scene, or when he's trying to mm-hmm. tear down that ship. You're like, we don't see just the brute strength. I mean, him throwing all those rocks was insane. He was just, like, throwing, like, entire concrete buildings, it felt like, on Obi-Wan. Yeah. But you can tell, too, that not only is he a well a good match for Obi-Wan in terms of skill and strength, but that Vader is just struggling because his emotions are getting the best of him. And that, mm. that that's why he can't almost see straight in this duel. And I think it makes total sense, too, why he's so caught up in his own feelings, which is understandable, yeah. that he, like, thinks... He, he, of course, again, gets arrogant of himself and just leaves Obi-Wan under those rocks just assuming he's dead or whatever. Then Obi-Wan comes around and, like, starts kicking him around throwing some rocks, slicing him up. Like, literally, Obi-Wan was beating Vader's breathing machine with the blunt end of his lightsaber handle. He was just yeah, complete wax to it. Part. I was like, and when they brought back the classic, like, unstable breathing from, like, Return of the Jedi, you know? Yeah. I was like, this is this is some cool stuff. I actually really enjoyed it that Vader kind of got a beat down, but it wasn't like a confusing he's suddenly super weakened it it fits for Mm -hmm. the story perfectly well that it would be obi-wan who would be the one to take him down yet again i think vader's never really been successful in a fight against obi-wan i mean we can even go back to think of episode three of kenobi when he's burning kenobi of course he's got the upper hand but then vader just lets him go for, for yeah. whatever reason, probably to yeah. make a suffering well, longer, to completely break over. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting is that they, like, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, like, it, it, it almost, like, when, if you look at their dialogue in A, in a New Hope, if you're, if you're saying that, uh, Anakin, or, uh, Vader's not talking about, like, whenever he says, when I left you, I was about the learner, but now I'm the master. Yeah. If, if you're making it that he's talking about literally the last time that he saw Obi-Wan, I think he might be talking about whenever he left him as in, like, left him as, like, his teacher. But if you're talking about the last time that he saw Obi-Wan, then... Yeah, physically. Then then that that dialogue means that Vader still saw himself as a learner and For not sure. even like hit at his most strongest Definitely. ten years after he left. Like yeah. then yeah, that's because crazy. he didn't to Anakin's standards, he didn't prove himself still. He still yeah. got yeah, yeah, his yeah. butt kicked by his old master who just picked up the force again. And I think if we wanna go quickly into the Palpatine cameo that came out of nowhere, which yeah. was really cool. It explains everything for why Vader doesn't pursue Obi-Wan again for the next nine years. Is Palpatine can mm. see your emotion is weakening you. You need to just drop the Obi-Wan topic and move on because clearly it's getting the best of you and it's getting in the way of what we're actually trying to accomplish here. So I think that made perfect sense 
as to why Vader and Obi-Wan would see each other again, but that Vader doesn't try again until they meet on the Death Star. So I think it mm-hmm. I think that was the perfect way to kind of settle it that Vader through Palpatine's small therapy sesh is like <laughs> I guess I just have to let it go for now. Not let it go emotionally, but there are bigger things I need to focus on and clearly I'm not the right person to handle this Obi-Wan mess because I can't get it right at all. <laughs> yeah. Which I think was actually yeah. very mature of him and not his like overconfident self. Mhm. Um, which I thought was cool that they kind of like, I don't know, brought in a more, like I said, mature side of him and wasn't just like, I have to kill him so I can regain my honor. <laughs> um, it was like Zuko. <laughs> yeah. Regain my <laughs> honor. And my uh, story. Yes. So um, yeah, I, I definitely yeah. agree on that side that. And it might not even be Vader on a more mature level, but the fact that he is completely subservient to Palpatine's wishes. Like, you can tell. Yeah. Like, Vader... I mean, I, I hear a lot of people say this, that Vader has been a... Anakin has been a slave his whole life. You know, ever since he was freed from literal slavery, he's still been a slave to other things. Yep. And it's not mm-hmm. until he defeats Palpatine to save Luke that he's finally free for the first time in his life. So we yeah. see the full, complete submission to Palpatine that despite whatever Anakin or Vader feels like he must do, he cannot go against his master. And I think it's very prevalent in that scene that even though he wants to, he's not going to say no to Palpatine. So I, I, think it, I think it makes total sense. And if we are going to go back to... Oh, that scene when Obi-Wan cuts Vader's helmet in half and we see oh my the Twilight of the Apprentice, I think is the episode of the, the Rebels episode, when Ahsoka does the same thing, but on the other side of the mask, we can just see that Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, closest to Anakin, are both seeing him for who he truly is. You know, and the dialogue when Obi-Wan is, he's like, I'm sorry, it, it, I was I was crying. It was insane. Then mm. what Vader says in response, like, Anakin is gone. I'm all that remains. And I think Vader almost unintentionally, he meant it more as in, like, a I'm all powerful. But when he said, and you didn't kill Anakin, I did. I feel like mm-hmm. that's what Obi-Wan needed to hear. Like, mm. I think Vader wanted to get the best of him and try to break Obi-Wan. But honestly, that's what... Obi-Wan needed to hear to be able to finally let go is that maybe Obi-Wan, yes, did make mistakes, but ultimately it wasn't his fault for what happened back then. So I I think that might have been the best way to end their scene and how that's truly how we see Obi-Wan become Ben Kenobi in A New Hope is that Vader almost gave him the key to letting go and become his own person. Okay, so we're going to end this with just the very end with Obi-Wan coming to see Leia for the last time before he sees her again in A New Hope. And then we got to talk about that Qui-Gon Jinn Force Ghost cameo and what our thoughts are mm-hmm. on it quickly. So does anyone have any thoughts on that scene on Alderaan? I thought it was really cool how Leia kind of went from, like, not trusting... Um, it more of the beginning of the show and kind of like wary and I'm gonna go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Even when he mm-hmm. was saving her for some 
stupid reason, jumping off buildings and all that <laughs> crap, um, to, like, I don't want you to leave, like, I need you, which I thought was pretty cool, so. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I liked it. I thought it was really funny. Like, I've seen some people post about this, like, in memes about how Obi-Wan, like, flew all the way over there to, like, go give, um, her the, um, uh, what, why can't I think Lola? of the name? Uh, the, the droid? Yeah, Lola. Yeah. I, I want to say, like, Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> to go give her Lola. And um, he, like, flew all the way over there. And first of all, she doesn't even, like, acknowledge that he's there. Yeah, that was she so goes, funny. Lola! Lola! It starts, like, running towards him. And, like, doesn't even acknowledge him. And then, and then I saw, like, a meme where someone was like, so you're telling me Obi-Wan comes all the way over here and then they, they just don't even, like, invite him over for dinner and then, like, he decides to, like, leave. Like, he literally <laughs> gives them the joy. They're like, he's like, all right, cool. And then he's like, yeets away. I just thought that was funny. But, yeah, that was no, funny. I think, I thought that was, uh, it was sweet. I like how, um, Obi-Wan and Leia have, like, a sort of, like, secret, like, relationship, like, uh, like, in, in A New Hope that we don't really get to see. Mm -hmm. Um, but... Yeah, like, I, I, I like that, like, um, that they had that relationship that they kind of, like, had to keep hidden. Um, so that was cool. I, I feel like it kind of answered, uh, like, the questions on, like, how did Leia, like, act like she didn't know him in A New Hope? Like, uh -huh. why was she like, oh, yeah, you served my, my dad in the Clone Wars. Like, I, not even to mention we spent, like, a week together and you, like, saved me from getting murdered. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Multiple times. So, yeah, no, yeah, that, that was a good, that was good. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember if I actually mentioned this in our first episode, but just when he finally told Leia, after she had questioned him so much about knowing her parents, that he finally tells her about what she had gotten from Anakin and Padme, which I feel like was the perfect way to end kind of the arc that Obi-Wan and Leia have been on together. That Obi-Wan, yeah. especially for Anakin, because of course you can talk about Padme in the highest regard, but that he's also being able to tell her things that she sees Anakin in her, and that he still wants to remember him as who he was, as his brother, as the Jedi Knight, as the one who wanted to fight for what he thought was right, you know, that Obi-Wan still wanted to hold that. Bars, yes, exactly. <laughs> and that... Obi-Wan, for whatever reason, stuck out to me, but when Obi-Wan said, I'm sorry, I wish I could tell you more, that's all that I have, and Leia looks at her, um, Bale and Brea, and she said, like, that's all I need. Because she was yeah. basically saying, like, she got the information she truly felt like she needed about her parents, but that she was content with it because her adoptive parents were all that mattered to her now, you know? That, like, even though she didn't get to know her biological parents, that her adoptive parents were what was filling kind of that hole. Like, they were her true family. She was an Organa, which I think was so awesome to me. And I think the way they had written that entire scene out worked so well and kind of gave Leia the future confidence in who she is in the future. Because all of the things Obi-Wan said was right, and we see how evident it is when Leia acts as a princess, a senator, a future general in the original sequels. It, it just works all together so well. And I think that was the best way for them to end their relationship together. Mm, yeah. For sure. And 
I'm going on to when, can I just say, like, applause for the hello there line when he meets Luke. <laughs> uh, that was so great because, of course, it was just a, it was totally for the fans. But I think that was the best place to put it for sure. And I think giving Luke the toy back and that Obi-Wan and Owen are now on good terms. I, I don't know why yeah. Luke is led to believe that Obi-Wan is some crazy man in the desert. Um, I guess maybe so that Luke, not would stay away, but, like, Luke doesn't need to concern himself with Ben Kenobi until the time was right. Mm. But why yeah. Owen and Beru would paint Obi-Wan in that light is kind of strange to me, <laughs> but I'm just going to move yeah, on from that. I just think yeah. Obi-Wan being, being able to talk to Luke for the first time after watching and him from a distance for ten years just feels very yeah. right to me, I'd say, for sure. And... Well, and maybe it oh, yeah. wasn't, like, Owen, like, and then that, that painted... Maybe it was, like, you know, like, kids, like, like, making rumors or whatever. Like, yeah, did, for sure. That would then, make in sense. In A New Hope, did they ever... Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Anyway, yeah. Continue. Yeah, I just feel like... Oh, what were you gonna say, Gray? Just a little, like, I guess, fun fact, but it... The uh, Imperial Shuttle toy that he gave to Luke... Yeah. He still has... Yeah, he's playing with it in A New Hope, which... Like, Bro, yes. Yeah, it's great. It's, like, Obi-Wan... Uh, of course, Obi-Wan's always there. He's watching Luke on Tatooine. But it's like, Obi-Wan, in some way, has always been there for Luke. Even if it's just through the simplicity of a ship toy. You know what I mean? So, I, I think that was really cool, too, that they put that detail in there. That that one small little prop we see in one scene in A New Hope suddenly has so much more meaning added to it. Yeah. Now that we know that Obi-Wan had gifted Luke that toy. And so, of course, mm. um, Obi-Wan rides away on that worm on a string from the store <laughs> that Jacob so graciously explained to us in the last episode. Yeah, you're welcome. And you're we welcome. see... <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. We owe everything to yes. you, Jacob. But yeah, you really we do, see honestly. the blue haziness and we, we look and it is Liam Neeson back from the dead. Qui-Gon Jinn has returned. <laughs> Liam Neeson never died. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I mean, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was actually Liam Neeson's Force Ghost that we saw there. It wasn't Qui Gon, it was. And Liam Ewan Neeson. was like, Where were you this whole time, Liam? <laughs> yeah. But I think that was perfect that they literally didn't use Qui Gon in the show because I think, because Obi Wan was like, Master, where the heck have you been? And Qui Gon's like, I've always been there. You just weren't ready to see it. Which I think was perfect that Qui-Gon has always been there. But he knew that this was something that Obi-Wan had had to go through on his own. Because if he had Qui-Gon's help, if he had Qui-Gon do all the work for him, how was Obi-Wan going to grow and let go and go beyond what he believed was the truth? That there was no hope for the Jedi or for anyone and that there was no hope in himself. So I think that now that Qui-Gon after Obi-Wan has faced that test that Qui-Gon now is like, dude, let's go vibe in the desert now. I think you're ready. You have you have unlocked <laughs> the skill tree. <laughs> and I the think it is time Yeah, and I think it is time for us to get the show on the road. So I think that was a perfect way to end it. And may I just say that very last shot no. of Obi-Wan excuse you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that very last shot of Obi-Wan 
riding the snake, not the snake, the worm on a string <laughs> into the distance with the sun shining. I thought that shot was extremely cinematic and beautiful. And I want to know why it wasn't, the rest of the show didn't feel like that. Because I didn't notice this until mm. recently, but the amount of shaky cam they have in the show, it's like I feel like if they have gotten rid of that, because it's really annoying in some parts. Like sometimes handheld makes total sense, but the, the camera was violently shaking at parts, and I feel <sighs> like if they had just kept it still for those shots, it would have felt so much more cinematic and more powerful of scenes. If it wasn't someone walking with a camera and shaking it up and down all the time to zoom in on Violently. someone's face. Yeah, yeah it was I was like, bro, literally I can record better than that. Yeah, I'll take I my phone and have a better recording. I usually said to my dad, I was like, why do they have so much handheld shaky cam? It looks like I filmed this show. <laughs> <laughs> so oh that that's just what I wanted to say the last thing. Of course, I had to bring it back to shaky cam as my final pointer on this. But mm-hmm. I think... I I rated this, I think, maybe a 7.5. I'm going to move it up to an 8. And that that's not, like, a huge change. But at, I would say that this show, if you talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was a really good show. Like, I, I genuinely enjoyed yeah. it so much. Were there some things I wish could have been different? Of course. But I genuinely really did love the show and what they did with it and how they told Obi-Wan's story. Now, it's not going to be like... Where I think, oh, one of the best shows in Star Wars, Mandalorian. Like, I'm not going to think of Mandalorian and Obi-Wan on the same level in terms of the story and the way it was made. I feel like Mandalorian will be always on the top and revered in that sense. That Obi-Wan kind of almost missed the mark. But that's not to say that I did not love the show for what we got, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think there were a lot of high expectations going into it as well. I tried not to have any expectations going in because I feel like that's the only way you can let yourself down is if you write the script beforehand and then it doesn't go by the script you wrote in your head but needless to say this was a really great show I'd say yeah and I mean any show is going to be like that where it's going to have like even a few things that you would change yeah like nothing is ever going to be perfect but Mm -hmm. uh yeah that was my thoughts I would give it I'm going to outscore you and give it an 8.1 oh man you really had to top me like that okay jacob what Um, do you think uh (laughs) you don't have to rank it higher than you did already you can still do the same thing i just think after this discussion i feel a lot even more positive than i did beforehand yeah i think five and six definitely did it for me yeah i think yeah oh definitely like if uh if five and six didn't like exist, then I would probably give it a two. Uh, Just kidding. But, but no, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, but with, with Vader being in the show, um, I would probably give it a seven still, but but I I think that it would have been a really, really good movie. And I saw that someone edited it together as a movie, which is like illegal, but like, I'm like, that makes sense. Like, I think that if it was, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie, like, it would have been great. Because I think a lot of the first four episodes, we've talked about this so many times, was, like, filler. So, mm-hmm. like, not filler, but, like, like there was things that happened in there that could have been cut out. And we would have still understood what was happening. Yeah. Because yeah. there wasn't a lot happening. So, anyway, yeah. um, Yeah. That's my vote. 
I think overall, I think what we're saying is, this was a great show. Could have been better, but I think anything could have been better. Nothing's perfect, but I think for what we got, I definitely say it could have been worse. <laughs> so I, I honestly enjoyed it, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. Of course, we talk a lot about Jai Survivor and what's going on with that, but I'd say ultimately, that was Obi-Wan Kenobi, and... We finally just finished after what feels like an hour and a half of recording. <laughs> so I think we're going to uh, go ahead and wrap it up so that we can get ready and prepare for our next episode, which we are going to be covering Thor Love and Thunder, directed by Taika Waititi. We're going to be doing our first Marvel episode, which is going to be whoop, whoop. super fun. And we've all seen the movie. We all have thoughts on it. So I think we're going to save all that for our next episode. So... Yes. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This has been Sea Squadron. We have just finished Obi-Wan Kenobi, finally, after two very long episodes of a lot of thoughts. And we cannot wait for you to come back and to talk with us about Thor Love and Thunder. So, I'm Madison Cavan, call sign C2. And I'm Jacob Cavan, call sign C1. And I'm Gray Cavan, call sign C3. And we hope that you can join us later. This is Sea Squadron, signing out.